Hi everyone, it's Amelia Quint. Welcome to the latest episode of Bad Astrologers, where we take a cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological look at the heavens. As always, this podcast is made possible by our patrons. If monthly forecasts and Q&A videos where you can ask a question about your personal natal chart sound like your cup of tea, consider chipping in on Patreon at patreon.com badastro. There's a new bonus episode available to patrons about how to survive the current Mercury retrograde through Pisces and Aquarius, and I'll be switching things up for the March forecast too, which should be exciting. Another easy way to support us is to give us a five-star review on iTunes. It's like casting a love spell, but on Apple's mysterious algorithm. That way, more wonderful people like you can find us. And of course, follow us at Bad Astrologers on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with the latest and ask us questions about the episodes. So a quick update. Jess has stepped through the wardrobe and is traveling through Narnia right now. She'll be away for the next few weeks, which is why I've put together an interview series for you with special guests you're going to absolutely love, because I definitely do. In the meantime, be sure to head over to our Instagram and send Jess a plenty of love and well wishes during her journey. The first guest in our series is someone whose weekly horoscopes and wholehearted words I can't get enough of, but I won't spoil the rest for you. Just sit back, relax, and let's start the episode. All right. Hi, everybody. It is Amelia Quint here today for the Bad Astrologers podcast. Um, Jessa is traveling the world, and so she cannot be with us. But I have an amazing guest today that I am so excited to introduce and genuinely just excited to have her here. So she writes the wonderfully heartfelt weeklies at New York Magazine's The Cut and has a new book coming out um, in April, Madame Clairvoyant's Guide to the Stars. That's right. I'm talking about Claire Comstock Gay. Claire, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So I have lots of questions, um, <laughs> all of which are good, I promise. Um, I, I've read the book, but before we go into uh, the book specifically, I really just want to talk about your um your journey into astrology i know you mentioned it a little bit in the introduction but for our listeners can you tell us a little bit about what made you want to jump into reading the stars totally yeah um so it was kind of a funny journey for me i think when i was a teenager and even into my 20s a little bit i really just like didn't think astrology was for me at all. Um, and most of that was because I had read descriptions of my sign, my son, which is Sagittarius. And they're all, you know, like, you're so fun loving, you're so spontaneous, you're so adventurous, all these things. Um, and I was, you know, this like sulky, moody teenager who liked poetry and blah, blah, blah. Um, as you do. And so I just thought it was... <laughs> As you do, you know, as a teen does. Um, yes, lots of lots of angst. Yeah, so much. Oh my gosh. Um, so I just thought, okay, astrology is wrong. That's it, right? Um, 
And it was only a little bit later on when I was at, I was at a party in Brooklyn. I had graduated from college and moved to New York. Um, and someone asked me like, oh, well, that's fine that you don't identify with your son. What's your rising sign? And I didn't know anything about it. And I learned that my rising sign is cancer and it all made sense. <laughs> and then, and then that was it. I love it. That's so exciting. I think a lot of people have that experience when they find out their rising sign and they're like, oh, this totally. It's like putting on a pair of glasses, right? You're like, oh, I can see like the lens is clear now. It really is. And it's so wonderful because like with that kind of to bounce everything off of suddenly the Sagittarius stuff snaps into place too, right? It's not rejecting the other stuff. It just all becomes clear. Yeah, absolutely. And and Sagittarius and Cancer are so wildly different. So They're it makes so, so much yeah. sense that you would have been like absolutely perplexed. Like uh-uh, not I, for me. I'm Scorpio with Sagittarius rising, so I think it's sort of similar. Oh, yeah. Like very like dark on the inside, but like fun and playful and vibrant on the outside. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> So I'm curious about, like, I feel like now that astrology is in the mainstream, I get a lot more questions about um, how do I become a professional astrologer? Um, but back in the day, that wasn't so much an option. Um, what made uh -huh. you uh, want to make the move to writing horoscopes or if you see clients um, making that a part of your work as well? Yeah, so I don't see clients right now, um, so I just write the horoscopes. Um, and that kind of, it's funny, I started doing that before, you know, before I think I was totally ready. A friend of mine just asked if I would write horoscopes. Um, she was editing for the website The Rumpus and wanted to do horoscopes. Oh, um, yeah. And I was still, yeah, and so that was a long time ago. That was in 2012 okay. that I started doing those. Um, and it was totally, it felt really low stakes, really kind of lighthearted and fun. And so I didn't have a lot of, you know, anxiety about it. Like we didn't have that many readers to start with. So it really right. <laughs> felt kind of like, this is fine. I'll just do this. It's fun. Um, and it was only kind of over time. Well, right. It was over time that I took it more seriously um, and over time that it started to be a job for me, right? Because I wasn't paid at first. I was really just doing it as a fun exercise for myself. I love that. And I think that's so, like, that's really refreshing to hear um, as astrology kind of hits the, hits the big time um, that a lot of us got our start just doing it uh, to do it, right? Um, totally, yeah. That's, that's kind of beautiful. I'm curious about... Um, so obviously I love your horoscopes and they're written really differently. I, I think they're really refreshing and written very differently than a lot of what you find. Like some of it sounds, some of what you'll find, not yours, sound like you like made an astrology bot. And it's like, if you have this in the sixth house, this, this <laughs> shall happen to you this week. Um, and it can be hard to, um, make astrology have that human element, I guess, um, since it is so much about the equations of putting certain things together uh, that makes you feel a certain way. Totally. So, um, how did you sort of develop that style? Was there any specific inspirations that you had or that you still draw from? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I was getting started, I was writing 
what I wanted to read. Right. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that I was aware of when I was starting, um, right, really was a lot of the like, on this day, do this. On this day, be careful, you'll get in an argument. And all of that just didn't do anything for right. me. Right. Um, I wanted feelings. <laughs> I wanted emotions. <laughs> um, and so kind of delving into that just because it was what interested me and how I like to write. That well, I think it's amazing, of course, you would have the like um it's emotional, but like not in a way that feels like it's overdone. Like it's Pisces season, so I'm gonna cry a lot. Um, it always is really spot, yeah. <laughs> spot on. I remember a couple weeks ago, I moved apartments um, for the first time in seven years. Uh -huh. uh, and it's the Sagittarius wow. one said something about like, something's going to change that hasn't been done for a, a long time or like something that's long overdue will, will finally come to pass this week. And I was like, Yikes. Okay. <laughs> I feel very seen. <laughs> um, so, and that doesn't always happen. It's interesting that you brought up the uh, horoscopes that you used to read. Like, are there any horoscopes that were really formative for you starting out or any specific astrologers works that you got really excited about? Um, I feel like the ones that I read regularly when I was starting, of course, were yes. Susan Miller's <laughs> classic. <laughs> um, and those were so funny because it was like, you know, they're so long and they're so specifically mm -hmm. detailed. And I would read them and they would just like instantly run straight back out of my brain. I again. know. Right? Like, <laughs> I couldn't. Even now, if I go to read them, I have to like uh, reference it at multiple points during the month because I'm like, oh my, that was like 2,000 words uh -huh. and I don't remember, I only remember 100 of them. It's so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. And I really liked, um, Rob Bresney's. I have never read his. I don't know. Maybe it was just the era when I started. Really? I just, it totally missed me. But um, Susan Miller. Yeah. So when I did move, um, living in a place for seven years, you accumulate lots of stuff. And I never got on the Marie Kondo train. So there was a lot of boxes of just like <laughs> papers. And I found like a huge, huge, almost a whole box where I had printed out horoscopes from Susan Miller back in 2010, wow. 2011, and like oh, highlighted them and written on them and like written my own placements into it and like my friends and now husband's placements into it. Um, and I think I did the same with the Astro Twins. So, you know, you never know how formative that stuff is going to oh, be. I love it. It can be instructional yeah. if you pick it apart. So, okay. Yeah. So, I really want to talk about the book. I want to, I want to switch gears for a second since we're moving into talking about writing astrology. So I'm curious, what made you decide to write a book? Like was a uh, guide to the stars, an idea that was like in your brain and saying, I want to get out, or was it something that you had been asked about or asked for? Um, it was something that I had been asked for, and it took kind of a while then to figure out what specifically mm -hmm. I wanted to do. Um, kind of what I did know from the start was that I really wanted kind of a nice narrative astrology book versus, you know, more of an instructional book or, you know, a how-to guide, which a lot of them are and which are really good. Um, 
But when I was starting, I really wanted one that you would just sit down and read. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that was kind of what, what I was looking for and what I wanted to write. But it was hard. You know, it's so hard to figure out how to structure, how to structure. Oh, yeah, things. absolutely. I, I really instantly fell in love with it because of the narrative structure. Um, I feel like there's so many astrology books and, and they're good and they're great reference books, but it's kind of piecemeal. You jump in here or, you know, you reference this page whenever you need to know about asteroid series or something like that. Totally. Um, but this is not <laughs> like that. Exactly. Like, I think it's a good, it's the Sagittarius jauntiness with like, there's a real Cancerian depth that I feel like is so lacking. Um, and, and is now present. So I was like, this is, this is really, really good. Um, I'm curious oh, thank about the you. layout. Did you see the, receive any resistance to doing the layout in this kind of more unique way? You don't have to answer that if you don't want to, but I'm curious. Yeah, no, you know, I really didn't. Um, it was really fun. You know, everyone I worked with on the book was totally supportive for doing it this way um which is great because i don't think i could have you know done a more traditional right. book I, <laughs> it just wouldn't have been interesting to me it was really fun to write it this way and it was great that people kind of let me go with yeah it. it's pretty amazing i mean based on twitter i'm i'm almost certain that cardi b has read the book is all i'm saying you know no big deal <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this and <laughs> oh, exactly you uh, achievement unlocked writer achievement unlocked um so if you're listening <laughs> to this it'll be a bit early but once you do pick up the book um it's laid out as um a series of i don't want to call them essays but um meditations on each sign um as an archetype in pop culture um and in some of them are so perfect uh, and I feel like so relevant. I think uh, one thing that I get really tired of is like, uh, you know, Gemini is the trickster and trickster gods. And, it, you know, there's nothing that really brings that into the present day. But um, when you compare the Olsen <laughs> twins to the idea of modern day tricksters and the parent trap, I was like, <laughs> she gets it. She understands. <laughs> With the moon and Gemini talking, like, I was like, oh, like, this, this makes so much sense. Um, it, another thing that I really appreciated was the, the Leo as director. Um, digging into Stanley Kubrick was my favorite and Greta Gerwig. Um, I'm curious, yeah. like, what sort of research did you do or how did you sort of come upon these archetypal links um, between pop culture and, and the older stuff with the signs? Yeah. Um, well, so part of it, right, kind of the way that we all do, I think, we've all got our, like, specific touchstones that we return to over and over again that we mm -hmm. really love for, you know, for charts or for sun signs or whatever um and so there were a few that i kind of knew right away like the aries chapter which is about pop yeah. divas so we've got you know mariah carey and celine dion and um aretha franklin of course right that was kind of like oh yeah this makes 
total sense. <laughs> this is it. And some of it was kind of a longer process of, you know, keeping my list of list of people and thinking through what really makes sense and what kind of patterns naturally rise to the surface as I'm thinking through these yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just you know, honestly, extraordinary about it. The Scorpio uh, is compared to the punk. um, And I thought that was great, too, (laughs) as a Scorpio. I think Scorpio is often pigeonholed into a a place where we love to be, which is like the vampire, the sultry, shadowy person. But the, the Scorpio that like speaks truth to power is a much different kind of thing. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was another like, yeah, kind of Scorpio in the like grimy, dark DIY yeah. music venue. <laughs> like to me, that's so intuitive. It's so like, oh yeah. There's like one light bulb in, in the grimy bathroom, like barely on. You're trying to wash your hands. Yeah, definitely. I felt that for sure. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about um, being a Cancer rising um, in the archetypal ways. So I get really frustrated with descriptions of Cancer um, across the astrological spectrum because it's either you are going to be a biological mother and that's your function in life, which can be oh my gosh, it can be great if that is your heart's (laughs) desire and that is what you truly want to do. If not, I'm like, there's other options or the other option is like, well, your creativity is your child. And it's still like this, like long reproductive metaphor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about how you kind of how you access your um, cancerianness outside of that uh, reproductive structure? I know you're going to go into it in the book, but totally share. I do. Yeah. No, thank you for asking. That's one of the things that just really gets me (laughs) going because you know it's so frustrating it's so reductive it's so oh and there's so many cancers that are Um, so much more fun i mean anthony bourdain was a cancer y'all oh you're right he was rip yeah (laughs) um yeah so i think Right. So in the chapter in my book, Cancer is the Poet. And so I talk a lot about, um, you know, to me, June Jordan is the ultimate, ultimate cancer. Yes. Um, kind of right. Because I think she really manages to kind of complicate our ideas of home, what is public, what is private, and kind of the whole world is our home that we share mm-hmm. together. Right. Um, and so she's able to really broaden that Cancerian like care, yeah. right? Um, and so that's kind of how, you know, ideally, best case, that's how I like to look at it. It is funny looking at my own life, right? I was a social worker basically for a while before I started writing full time. Oh. And that's so like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I worked with, homeless youth in New York. Um, I worked in a shelter and then I was a case manager Mm -hmm. for a while. And so that to me is like, yeah, I struggle against it. And it's not the reproductive stuff, but it really is kind of the nurturing. 
nature and I try to <laughs> I try to complicate it but it's a little bit on the nose well, I think too. some of it and you you get you got into this in the Pisces chapter two I'm sorry we're just getting hung up on the water signs today um I have Mars in Pisces 29 <laughs> degrees so I'm like always trying to puzzle that out um and I I'm I never really know what to do with that. It's always like, well, Pisces is the the savior archetype, the martyr, the person who's, or just the the poet. But I think that you complicated that really, really well as sort of the the person who just expresses care, like Mister Rogers. That was so wonderful, right? <laughs> Best. <laughs> He's such a Pisces, <laughs> most wonderful way. No, I think he's the <laughs> ultimate and like, will you be my neighbor? Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. You know, the thing about this book, this is not astrological, but I think people of uh, at least my age, I'm like 31, are going to love is, and I think this is part of what makes your horoscopes really good too, is like the things that you reference were so weirdly specific. That I was like, wow, Wayside School is falling down. You really went there. Okay. Like, and I had that Mercury retrograde moment of like, like the vivid picture of like the cover and like the Scholastic Book Fair and like all of that yes. um, too. So I think it's definitely um, comfort food in a way, um, which is a very Cancerian uh -huh. thing too. I was so delighted that they let me. Just keep in some of those really specific. It goes to really like, specific places. I, you know, it's like, let's see if this works. And they really just let me do it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I have questions about your natal chart in addition to your cancer rising. So, um, in, yeah. in the book, you talk about Sagittarius as the alter ego and you list out this amazing cadre of people that um are Sagittarians with a uh rock star alter ego. Do you as a Sagittarian have your own alter ego? Like when you go out are you like, I am Sasha Fierce. Hold on. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like my I you know, I don't know. It's funny. I don't have like kind of the big loud mm -hmm. alter ego. But I do write like and I didn't even realize this until I was practically done writing that section, right? But like Madame Clairvoyant is an alter ego a little bit. And it lets me, it's so nice. Like it really lets Hi. me live. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just like, however, and I can go out and I meet people and they don't know who I am. And yeah. it's very nice. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, and you also have um venus and uranus right together in sagittarius too and so that like extreme need for freedom uh -huh. like i suppose it like helps you like keep that spontaneity alive and there's not someone it really, really does yeah give me a selfie not even saying please <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i noticed that we both have the moon in the seventh house that's really specific but um how do you experience yeah. that in your chart um, and in your life? Oh, my God. I feel like that's kind of the most, you know, like that's the thing that I just don't get really? for myself. Okay. Right. The thing that I just <laughs> have to like work and work at mm. understanding. 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I do think. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was curious. How about, how, about, how about you? It's funny. I don't know why it's so. I know. No, it's a good question. And it's kind of like the question. Yeah. In the chart for well, me, like that's what a, in the world? That's another question that I had was like, is there anything in your chart that just like perplexes you? You're like, why is it like this? Or why does this keep bothering me? Um, and it, that would make sense. Uh, well, it makes sense because your moon is in Capricorn. Um, and it's not. Yes. That's I mean, I probably think that's really why the key you're like, I don't understand. Like, oh, you're like, what? it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> you're like, let me push that away for a second. Um, I would rather work on my book and not talk to anyone. Yeah, like I would prefer not to. <laughs> that, I totally get it. Um, mine is in, uh, my moon is in Gemini in the seventh. And so I'm basically, I mean, it's why I'm on a podcast interviewing people. I just want to constantly be with um, a partner of some kind, like, quizzing them uh asking questions because i'm too curious it. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bit much for sure um is there anything in your chart that you're like i love this like i am so proud to have this um i feel like i really love and this isn't very specific but just kind of the combination of um like sagittarius and scorpio placements like I love it. <laughs> I'm biased. I love right. It like too. I love the expansiveness of the Sagittarius and I love the intensity of the mm -hmm. Scorpio. And they're so yeah. Mm. So what all it. do you have in Scorpio for those listening? Let's see. Mars, Pluto, and Mercury. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> so you're just like <laughs> Hoarding everyone's <laughs> secrets for a later time and never telling anyone anything. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But then I've got enough Sagittarius that it's not like too. It'll jump much. out eventually, right? right? Like, well, maybe it's, you know, who I love who's <laughs> also a yeah. Scorpio Sagittarius person. As a, social, a former social worker, I'm sure you know Brene Brown. So she's a Scorpio with Sagittarius rising. Yes, totally. And um, in her book, she has the concept of vault, right? As like being the person who can like hold other people's secrets while still having fun or still making a workplace or a home or a relationship feel safe. So maybe the Scorpio Sagittarius vibe is like being the vault. Okay, that's, I love that, yeah. That's not a connection that I had made, but that's so <laughs> mm, I'm just obsessed with Brene Brown. If I could like read her chart one day, that's she's she's on the interview list for sure. Um so <laughs> one more question about your chart. So which of your placements do you feel like is most prominent or do you identify with most strongly? Like if someone is to meet you, like what do you think jumps out first? Hmm. You know, I do think that the Sagittarius is a little bit surprising to people, right? I'm pretty like reserved in life most of the time. Um and so maybe it's the maybe it's the cancer. Hmm. Okay. I could see that. Um, just talking to you, there's like, I don't a, know. You, you tell me, I, knowing me, yeah. I, I guess I don't like know you, know you, but just like reading your work and talking to you on this conversation, there's a 
gentleness sounds kind of like there's like a, a sense of care, you know, um, you're good at holding space, right? And, and just seem comfortable in your in yourself, in your nest. And I think that's a very Cancerian thing, right? Of just like, oh, this is where I am. We're all going to be um, cozy and, um, and feel good about this. You know, I think people <laughs> sometimes, I am always railing against the stereotypes of Sagittarius. Um, I think that uh-huh. Sagittarius is, is definitely the rock star. Um, but like, if we use Keith Richards as an example of like the proto Sagittarius person, like, yeah, he's a rock star and um, does an amazing show, but he's actually like incredibly private. And and what really Sagittarians want, like as mm-hmm. much as they want to expand out, like they want the same thing within themselves. So they often have like really deep and profound relationships um, or really deep obsessions of like trying to follow almost in a scorpionic type way, um, but not quite. It's more of a, yeah. a hunger, like that Jupiter driven hunger right um that totally (laughs) oh no yeah no i think um right yeah i don't know if that's what people see in me right away but i that's what i identify with most kind of is the sagittarian drive to right to learn to yeah the knowledge drive definitely the quest even if the the knowledge is like yeah I need to go to that show in the back alley and go to that scary, grimy bathroom. Totally. <laughs> we just can't help ourselves. Um, totally. You're like, I love moving like to different oh, really? cities and stuff. Right. And I'm just like, what? It's the worst. Maybe it's yeah, the cancer. It. You're like, lived here the for world a is my now, but I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag can't relate. <laughs> Having just moved, like I didn't realize the extent of the the fixedness of my chart. I mean, I have a grand mutable cross. I thought it would be easier, but maybe it's being a Scorpio. Like I, I'm grateful and I'm so happy to be in yeah. a different place, but my body hasn't caught up. It's like, where's the grocery store? You know, like where's the toilet paper? Um, totally. I I envy you your Cancerian um, homeness. <laughs> um one more astrology question and then we'll wrap up with a little lightning round um questions that i ask all our guests um i'm curious in the upcoming year in 2020 there's all kinds of transits and things that people are already freaking out about um i'm blowing my inbox about um is there any particular transit (laughs) or um event that you're like super excited about or anything that you're feeling particularly apprehensive about it can be in your own chart or for everybody you know honestly this is so shameful i've been so like head in the like head in the book stuff that I don't even you know. know. What? <laughs> it's that so is bad. totally understandable. But I feel like <laughs> projects like that they demand all of you, um, and you kind of have to become like a recluse for a while. What is the outside world? You know, it. It's true. It really. How is it yeah. feeling to like reemerge a little? Which bit? is like a little bit nice. It's good. It's really good to be 
yeah, coming back out in the process of reemerging. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, it's springtime. It's time for it. And I have no doubt, especially, um, oh, I just noticed that um, when your book comes out, you're going to have the sun like right by your Jupiter in Aries. So, oh, that's yeah. going to be so lovely. That's going to feel good. So. I'll be cheering for you, and I'm sure that all of our listeners will be, too. So, all right. This <laughs> is the lightning round. You can answer really quick. And, uh, yeah, tell me your answer and a little description of why. So, do you have a favorite planet? Oh, this is so Sagittarian of me, but I love Jupiter. Jupiter is fun. Oh, me too. I love Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter can be a dick sometimes, but Jupiter is also the best. Oh, totally. Best. <laughs> totally, um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you have to know what you, you want to actually get it. So you got to go through the dissatisfaction first. And it's not, yeah. And it's not good always, but there's always something. At, at least with going Jupiter, on. like you can always count on it being an adventure. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, if you had to pick a zodiac sign to party with, which one would it be? Ooh, you know, I feel like I always really have fun. This is two. This is cheating. You can but, pick two. Um, like Capricorn and Aquarius. So the Saturn rolled sign. Like the, yes. <laughs> the Saturn okay. signs. Yeah. Any particular reason why? Maybe it's because they're like, I've got this. You can go do your thing. I have everything under control. Yeah, and I feel like they're a little bit like they sneak up on you a little bit, right? Like when they're fun, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, you know, I maybe misread you a little bit, but you're fun. You know what? That is so true. Absolutely. Um, I mean... Capricorn is ruled by the goat god Pan, right? And then Aquarians are like right. the, the wild child Uranian people. So just like wacky. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I have trouble understanding Aquarians. Every time I'm trying to describe them, I'm like, y'all are from another galaxy. I don't, don't get you. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Saturn and Aquarius. So. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, is there a zodiac sign that frustrates you the most? Ooh. Um. You know, it might be Libra. And I love Libra so much. They're so lovely and wonderful mm -hmm. to be around. And then you got to make a decision. And I want to make that decision fast. <laughs> and they want to slow me down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Try having Mercury in Libra. It is worse that that's on my Ooh. list of placements that i'm i'm happy that i have but also uh i'm envious often of the people who can make a snap judgment <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah labors are wonderful to be around i married one so there's oh they're good yeah they're really so <laughs> wonderful but frustrating <laughs> Um, is there a particular zodiac sign that you're most attracted to? And that can be in the sense of like a romantic attraction, or it can be that you're just drawn to them. Like you just, it's like a vortex. You want to learn more about their energy. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to cheat and okay. give you two again. Um, 
One is a repeat, which is Aquarius. Like I love, I love their weird brains. I love their weirdness. <laughs> They're so great to, you know, <laughs> surprising and fun and weird. Um, and kind of on the opposite side of things, I love Taurus. I love the lazy, homey, just wonderful Taurus. Oh my gosh. I know. I don't understand it, but I, I always admire and respect it. They have the best taste too in everything. Like they really do. If you ever need a rec for like a facialist or like a good restaurant, like they have it on speed dial. Um, it's, it's incredible. Um, What's the zodiac sign of your favorite person? Zodiac sign of yeah. my favorite person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh oh, you might be outing yourself as having a favorite. We can skip that one. I- I'm curious I, yeah. <laughs> if you have you ever met anyone that astrologically should have been compatible with, but like it turns out you hated their guts. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Am I like, yeah. (laughs) Or vice versa. Um, Is there ever someone who like you saw the chart and you're like, oh, this is going to go really badly. And it turns out they're awesome. Yeah. I feel like, let me think of a good story for you here. Cause definitely Mm -hmm. quite often, right? Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit tricky, right? Like, I think maybe this is a dodge a little bit. I don't mean it to be right. Kind of like the two great heartbreaks of my life, right? Were with people who I should have been really compatible with and was to a point, right? And this is one friend and one romantic partner. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, of course this like, right. We're so compatible. And then that's why. Like, that's why it gets so rough. Like, because. Oh, yeah. Right, because of what should have Absolutely. been that. Absolutely. That makes sense. Right. And so it's kind of like a two in one with the same person, like real compatibility. And then. Right. And then just like, oh, no. Or sometimes yeah. there's that, like, things are astrologically compatible, but maybe it's not the right time or within any astrological sign or, or transit, like there's so many different ways that can manifest and like, maybe it just went totally. a little sideways, you know? Totally. Right. Cause what is compatibility? Know. It's so <laughs> twisty and complicated. It's not just a thing. That exactly. You can have or not have. I think it can always, it, it's always, hard when people ask me the question of am i compatible with this person because i don't know i think you can be compatible totally. with anyone it's more well, about kinda, right it's like you tell me yeah a bit. <laughs> well and i always think it's right, like the strength know, of astrology know. is more like finding out about that person so that you can be in a in a better relationship state with them, right? Like if you know that they have Mercury and Libra, you know, they're going to take longer to make a decision. And like, it might help if you chose where to go for dinner. Um, Or if they have Venus (laughs) and Taurus, like just don't try to leave the house on Saturday. Just like stay in or go to an expensive friend. It's just quite reductive, (laughs) but you know, there's, I I like use. Right. Well, and it's like, they're not trying to stay in. Oh no, I'm curious. (laughs) What are you going to say? 
oh no just right it's like like knowing that they're not staying in to drive you crazy right yes. like this is just how they do things i love it and and i think about that all the time that like every <laughs> i feel like astrology is such a beautiful way to view the world because it it always brings you back to that fact of you know everyone is carrying this multitude of you know these galaxies inside of them and you have no idea necessarily Unless you have their chart, maybe. And even then, there's mysteries that we don't know. Right. <laughs> even then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, last question. And I'm actually, I'm going to hold on this one. I'm going to say that everybody should read your book because it's really good. Uh, it's who has the most interesting astrology chart to you? And is there a celebrity chart that you keep coming back to? But turns out you had to write a whole book about it. So... this is really wonderful thank you so much for taking the time to chat about the stars yeah thank you for having me this was really wonderful